0: Welcome to the Platinum Grade Podcast, a podcast where we look at the Platinums of all different games of different varieties, play through them and we chat about the process of chasing that platinum. I'm your host Callum and here in this podcast, if you haven't already realised by the intro music, we're looking at Stardew Valley. So this game is an absolute gem. I cannot say anything bad about this title. I will try to be as critical as I can, but I have to say I am in love of this title. Uh, this one is a lovely, wholesome title. It's like, if you even look at the community on Reddit, if you look at the community for this game, it's just a lovely time for everyone. And it's one that I've been a fan of since it came out in, I believe it was 2013. This game, it's very deceptive in its Um, presentation. When you look at it you think this is a simple game, it's got a lot of similarities to Harvest Moon, it takes a lot also from Animal Crossing but from the offset you can see that it's simple to get into, simple to enjoy but it's very detailed and nuanced, and you don't find that out until you've played through. What you can say it's a story. It to complete the majority of the story and to see the majority of what the game has to offer. I reckon you have to go through at least three years of the three years of what the game has to offer. So throughout those three years, you've got so much to focus on. You've got building up your relationship with the townspeople, you've got trying to finish the community centre or potentially going with Jojamart, Mart, which is the rival company that tries to buy out the local businesses. You can go either way with that, I went with the community centre, I also down the other side because we're chasing the platinum, but if I was making the choice, it would be the community centre. You've also got the opportunity to go and fish. And collect artifacts and collect gems and minerals in order to complete the museum and also to ship money out so you can make money yourselves with any doubles you get any spares um, or if you don't want to donate it to the museum is it if you don't want to donate it to the museum initially that's fair because if you pull up a prismatic shard that's two and a half grand and that can get you places but it's all down to your decisions and what you wanna do. You're also improving your skills. So you've got your foraging skills, your farming skills, your fishing skills, your mining skills. I think I've forgotten one, but you're looking at making those up to a level 10 and at five and 10, you get bonuses that you can use to your advantage. You've also got to look after your livestock. You've got uh, the opportunity to look after ducks, rabbits, chickens, pigs, sheep. I think that's all. Again, could be forgetting. You can also get dinosaurs, but that's kind of a little uh, little bit of nuance from the game that you don't really notice until again you're a little while into the game. And these are all things that are very prominent within the game, and I haven't even mentioned tilling the soil, putting crops in the ground, and growing your produce, which is the first thing you will do. From the offset, it's a simple story. You are inheriting a farm from your granddad who has passed away. He's left you this farm in his will. You've quit your job in, in the inner city. You want to go and live the relaxed life, um, the wholesome life of a farmer. So that's exactly what you do. And from there, it just branches off wherever you want it to go. You get handed by Robin, who is the town... What's the word? Not blacksmith, the town... Because Clint's the blacksmith. She's the town carpenter, I believe. Carpenter would be the word. And she gives you five parsnips, or fifteen parsnip seeds. And that's it. From the profit you make, from those parsnips, and maybe cutting down wood and clearing up the farm. You go from there and you try and build your dynasty within this town. And that's it. That's the whole game. It's very similar to Lex Animal Crossing and to Harvest Men. It probably is closer to Harvest Moon, but it does take a lot of the relationship factors where you can build up relationships with the people around you from Animal Crossing and also takes the museum from that as well. Um, so it's kind of a mesh of the two, but it's its own game in itself because it is it's got its own stories, it's got its own characters, and it's it's got this lovely bit of charm about it. And it's also got one particular thing that you're not going to see from Harvest Moon or from Animal Crossing and it's got it's own combat system so you can go down and delve into the mines and it's a very simple dungeon crawler. It's, it's not in any way complex, it's literally walk up the monster, swing a sword. And there's a small damage factor with whatever sword you have there's about maybe 10 20 swords in the game and you just gradually build up to the one that will get you down to the bottom of the deepest mine but it's it adds to the game again and gives something a bit more fun Um, so if you're if you're fed up with farming you don't want to go fishing and you've kind of gave everyone their gifts for the week then you can just go and get to the bottom of the dungeon there's so much variety in this game and I'm in love with it, I could play it, I can think, I I can pretty much say indefinitely. If I wasn't so focused on achievements and getting on to the next thing, I would probably just sit and do this. And it it was a really handy one for me, because I do get some time whenever I'm in work, where I can work on games and achievements if they're on the Vita. And this got ported to the Vita and I couldn't believe my luck. It's basically the only thing that my Vita is good for these days. Um, so Stardew Valley is at the top of my list in terms of the PS Vita. So I'm going to chat a little bit actually about the musical score itself. So there, I just want to go through all the different avenues of this game before we look at the platinum. The musical score is gorgeous. It's one of those games where you could leave it on the pause menu and you can just drift away to sleep. Hopefully you don't because you're going to lose your progress and you're just going to go flying through the calendar but the musical score is so calm. Even if you're in the dungeon, you notice that the music will feed away for a couple of levels of the mine, and then it'll get a little bit eerie. You'll hear the sounds of like drips and everything. And then the music will just kind of chirp back in. And it's a really subtle, really calm. Sometimes the music's quite distant. It's never going to be AAA action music, it's very calm, soothing music and it's, it's ideal for the setting. In terms of the characters, I was blown away by this as well. There's about 30 plus characters in the game, give or take, and you can interact with every single one of them and achieve a kind of character arc or character depth for all of these different people. So you've got the likes of the romantic interest, so there's about, I can't give an exact number because I'm not going to look it up, but it's going to be 8 to 10, roughly, people that you can marry in the game, and they can be your romantic interest. They all have different, uh, so it's based on a system where you can achieve 10 hearts, and you build those up by chatting to them every day and giving them their favourite gifts. And also there's the off chance that they'll post something on the bulletin board and you can do a job for them as well. And essentially you build your way up to 10 hearts. Once you get to 8, you can buy a pendant off a man on the beach on a rainy day. It's all very specific. And from there, you can go off and ask them to marry you. And I think that's really cool. The Pendant basically signifies that you want them to be your one and only and then you build up to ten. Once you're a ten, you can ask them to marry you. It's, it's really cool. Uh, in my particular playthrough for the Platinum, I went with Leah and I'm not going to lie to you, it was, I think, the first time I ever played the game I went with Shane. And it, it was for the same reason basically, complete convenience. So I chose Leah for a bit of a difference this time because I've seen Shane's character arc. It has got to a point now in the playthrough where I've pretty much got everyone in the town up to ten, ten hearts. Or give or take a few. But Leah was the one that I went for. But it, I've seen the majority of all the different events that you can get for these characters. And they're so nuanced. Um, you can get the likes of Linus who's the town kind of homeless person lives in the tent up in the mountains and you you find out a lot about him. You've got the likes of Shane who has like a really dark story. Of course I said already that he was kind of my first pick the first time I ever played it three and I was quite shocked at how gritty that story got. It it kind of gets involved alcoholism. You've got the likes of Penny's story where they talk about her alcoholic mother Pam. And overcoming that and looking after her two, I don't know if they're her siblings or they just need just use looks after the kids in the town. Um, There's lots of nuanced and really kind of more adult stories than you would think would be involved in a really cute and charming title like this. So it really did shock me. And then you've also got end game content as well. So whenever you kind of exhausted all of the basics of the game that the game expects you to get done within your three years. You can go and do a little in game quest and it gives you all these different avenues to branch out for like these luxury items if you like. So you've got your return scepter which is like two million. It takes quite a while to rack up two million. But once you do one click and it brings you straight back to your farm. and You can do that as many times as you want in a day. And that you won't believe how convenient that makes things. You've got the likes of the gold clock, which is 10 million, which is the most pricey luxury item in the game. Which basically, if you set that in your in your little farm, nothing will ever break. So you don't get broken fences, you don't have trash showing up, like logs and stones that you have to break to keep the place tidy. It just means that everything is set the way it is, and you don't have to maintain it. And there's other ones as well, I don't want to get into them all, but it just... It, gives you options to keep playing and as long as you're somewhat goal oriented in the way that you approach the game, you could play this for as long as you possibly want. So now we're going to look at the Platinum side of things. So we're going to start off with the first set of ones, it's kind of like an overarching number of them here. So you've got three that are related to making money, so you've got one called Greenhorn, where you earn 15,000, you get a trophy. You got one for Homesteader where you make 250. Uh, oh sorry, I've missed one. Your cowpuck is 50k, if you make 50 you get a trophy. Homesteader is 250k, if you earn 250 you get a trophy. And then I believe there is also one where you make 1 million, and obviously that's called millionaire. And then there is one for 10 million. If you earn 10 million, it's called legend. So The majority of those are very simple to achieve your first million will feel great but it's not actually that much of an achievement if you play the game for three years i don't see how you can't make a million as long as you're playing with a certain level of efficiency and trying to get your farm uh, ticking along it took me a good two years to get my farm efficient and running on all all faculty, so you've got your uh, livestock, you've got your of used to bump up the value of like eggs, milk, etc. And then you've got your uh, sprinklers, so that automates. The whole idea is automating your farm so you can make the most money in one day. And I think 1 million is very achievable. 10 million you have to work at it's going to take you, I'd, I'd say five years is a reasonable amount of time before you're going to hit that 10 million mark depends on how good you are and how organized you are obviously. But that one wasn't too hard for myself and I managed to achieve the 10 million mark. Moving on to the museum collection. This one was irritating. So for the most part, Getting all the minerals, you will do that by getting to the bottom of the mines and going there quite regularly. Especially in the winters when you have not as much to do in terms of crops and whatnot. You're gonna find that you'll get the minerals without trying as long as you get a new one. When you get the geode broken by Clint, you just go into the museum, check and see if you need to give any to Gunfer. If you don't, then sell them. And if you do, that's great. A horrible part of all this was that you have to find artifacts and you find those basically as random encounters. If you see little worms poking out of the soil, you just till that with your hoe. And if you do that, there's a chance that you get an artifact and from that chance, you need that to be the correct one. And for the most part, I did need... I got the majority of them. Uh, legitimately there is a little way that you can cheese it I don't know if they've actually patched this recently I've heard it in the reddit chats that they would actually patched this on ps4 but you can go and whenever you're buying animals if you put in a product item code like for the game like for example I believe in brackets one two five is a prismatic shard if you do that you get the animal but you also get that item put into your inventory so I'd done this with about 4 or 5 items, and I managed to complete the museum that way. It was a little bit of a cheese, but it's one of those where I was just going to wait for RNG to put it in my hands, and I wasn't willing to do that because there's no skill involved. I'm not waiting around for that. Okay, the next one there is friendship trophies. So, So you get a trophy for reaching 5 hearts with 20 people and you also get another one called the Beloved Farmer for reaching 10 heart levels with eight different people. Both of these, if you're trying to get a romantic interest, uh, if you're talking to everyone that's in your general path whenever you're doing things and giving them the gifts that they at least are neutral with or enjoy, you're going to do this basically over the course of your time throughout the game, as long as you're wary of what you're doing. And for me it was quite simple to do that. Um, A good tip for anyone that's looking to do this is carry around a lot of mayonnaise because it's one of those neutral items in the game that the majority of people like. I believe Sam is the only one in the game that hates it, but everyone else finds it either at least neutral or good. I don't think anyone loves it, but it's one of those that will gradually bump them up if you don't have the perfect thing for them. So yeah, we've done that relatively easily as well. Cooking trophies. This one was a bit of a mistake on my part, but we did get around to it. So it goes on a two-year clock. If you're watching the TV every day, you occasionally, oh, I think it's on Wednesday on the Sunday, you get a recipe from the TV. One of them's random, one of them on the Sunday, I believe, is a set one, and you can get all the trophies, not all the trophies, all the recipes that you need um, from the TV. On the Sunday if you watch every single week like clockwork. I did not do this in the first two years and had to start chasing it in the third year to try and get the other ones but we eventually got all the ones off the TV. You also have to befriend certain people in the town to get their little recipes that they send you in the mail. Again something that if you're wary of who you need to speak to and become friendly with is not too hard and I managed to do. The most annoying one was uh, Sandy in the desert where you have to enable the bus so you can go out to the desert and then give her a flower from the valley which is like a forage item. And it's, it's something you have to pay 500 gold just to go out to do every day and you have to plan around it. It's annoying but it's something that I managed to do. wasn't too difficult, just a bit annoying. In terms of the house trophies, So this is kind of like house and family trophies. If you upgrade your house you get a trophy, if you upgrade it again you get another trophy and if you upgrade it for a third time and get a cellar which you can keep wine in and mature it, you get another trophy. You also get a trophy for getting married, you also get a trophy for having two kids called full house. This is pretty easily done. All you basically have to do is get married, so that means find your love interest and play that through to the end. Upgrading your house is just getting the materials you need, go to Robin and she eventually upgrades it to the full status. And having kids is like a random thing that happens if you just keep playing through the days. Eventually it will pop up at the end of the day Do you want to have a kid and you go yes and eventually you have two of them which is the maximum that you can have in the game. So that's what you call a full house. Crafting trophies. Again, this is one that was a little bit grindy, but easy enough done. You just have to make sure you have all the crafting materials to make every single thing that you possibly can. And there's also the small factor that you have to talk to every single merchant that would hold um, a craftable item, and you have to grab that. And again, that's not hard done. You just have to be wary of the festivals as well, because you have to have. Um, the ones from the festivals if you don't get that you have to wait a whole year for that to roll around but if you're worried of that you can get that done pretty simple fishing trophies this is one that i had a little bit of trouble with um so with the fishing you have your normal ones where you have to go in certain uh, weather conditions on certain days and certain seasons that's all relatively easy as long as you have a little bit of a guide Um, And you'll get most of them by just fishing in general, but there are also five legendary fish. Four of these are not a challenge in my opinion. Four of these you can pick up if you're level 10 already on your fishing and you go for these You will fly for it. One of them Not so much. There's one called legend which is worth 10k just to sell if you catch it and if is the big factor it took me so many tries just to get this hooked and caught. If you go on a day where you've got level 10 fishing and you've had a like a dish of the sea that bumps up your fishing stats again it does give you a bigger bar in which the fish can't escape and it gives you a bigger chance but it's still very difficult and it's Every fish has a pattern on that bar where it'll either go up and then bottom down, or it'll be consistent up and consistent down, or it'll just sink to the bottom and not move. This particular fish doesn't have a pattern, so it's very hard to keep your bar where you need it to because it can literally go anywhere, and you might put your bar all the way up the top. By that point it's already moving down and you've lost the fish. So there's a little bit of RNG and luck in there but you will get it eventually, I just say stick with it if you are struggling with that. The next one is the help wanted requests. You will see those in the town at Pierre's shop. Basically, if you go up there, look at the job and say I can do that, and you complete the job, that's one. You need to do that, respectively, 10 and then 40 times in order to get the two trophies associated with that. It's a little bit grindy. If you're doing it from the very start of the game, you will probably get a good chunk of them done before um, it becomes a grind. I didn't focus on this at the start and it meant that I hadn't chased them towards the end, but it was easy enough done. Again, none of these are particularly difficult, just to kind of summarize. A lot of them are time consuming, and that is probably the hardest part of this game in terms of a Platinum, is the time you will have to spend, but we'll get on to that later. The next one is shipping crops. So, you have to ship one of every item, that requires that to happen to get a trophy, and then you've also got to ship 300 of every single crop if you like, so not every item that's shippable but every crop that you can grow on the ground, you need to ship 300 of those. Um, I managed to do that fairly simply. Whenever I grow things, I like to grow a variety so that I could keep a few of them, because I was trying to do the cooking challenges as well. So that kind of worked in my favour and I had 300 of everything quite quickly. Um, I also do grow a quite large amount of the expensive crops for the season so I'm not missing out like, on money but I'm also growing like a little batch of 24 of say every other thing just so we can get those. Then you've got the mining quest so reaching level 100 in the mines is one that's quite easy to do. Then you get the second one which is to go out to the desert and um, it's not one you get a trophy for but you get a trophy for reaching level 100 of the mines. And that is something you will do very easily. It does not take a, a massive amount of effort to do that. The next one is the Community Centre. The Community Centre bundle is something that if you don't want to do it, you can just go to Joja Mart and you'll get a trophy for that as well. It's one or the other. You do have to do a second playthrough to make sure you get both. Joja, you just buy the bundles. So essentially they charge you say 50k. That's one of the rooms done in the Community Centre if you like. Or, you collect various hard-to-obtain items at the start of the game that become easier as you progress on, and the idea is to try and get it done as quickly as you can because it gives you benefits. For example, if you complete a certain bundle, you get a greenhouse. The greenhouse, you can grow whatever crop you want at any time of the year. If you get that early game, it means you can progress on a lot quicker. Or you might want to get the hold of the mine cart, that's one you'll get quite quickly. If you fix the boiler room you get the minecart. The minecart allows you to skip between the bus stop, the middle of the town and the mines. Which is quite a large amount of distance that you're not having to walk throughout. And that really speeds up your day as well. It means you can get more done and be more efficient. But yeah, if you get all those done in the community centre, you get a trophy as well, and it's beneficial to do it that way as well, because it, it just feels like you've done something and it means you're not losing out in all the money that you've made. It's a more it's a more wholesome way of doing everything. And it it, it, it just feels nicer. Um all star drops. Um yes, yeah, a star drops essentially an event where if you get it, you increase your overall energy. You get about I'm not sure how many there is in the game, I'd say maybe 7 or 8. You collect those for doing quite high-end things, like level 100 in the mines you'll get a star drop. Finishing the museum you'll get a star drop. Um, you also get one at a certain festival, if you get enough points you can buy one. It's like for the grains display. I can't remember where they all are, but I got them all. Um, And you just get them for doing quite large things throughout the game. Um, What other ones have we got here? We've got all skills. So again, this is something you're going to grind through. Um, You just need to fix up your foraging. So you just have to find things on the ground and sell those for a profit. Fishing, you just have to fish to your heart's content until you get up to level 10. Farming, it's growing stuff and selling it for a profit. Uh, Mining is just going into the mines and smashing up rocks. And I'm not sure if you get more points for bringing home Forage from the mines, but you probably do. And there is also another one that I can't remember. But you're working on all these things in order to get your all skills up. And as I say, at level 5 and level 10, you get little bonuses. Like one of the biggest ones is Artisan, where you get a 40% buff on all oils, mayonnaise and um, cheeses, I believe. And that in the end game is amazing when you get your seller. If you get like Iridium level wine, which is the highest grade and you sell that on with that 40% buff, you're making lots of money. So you've got the monster slayer goals next. This is where the combat comes into this game. The combat is very simple, but you have a number of varied enemies that do certain things. None of them are particularly difficult. There's no bosses, there's nothing like that, but there's a variety of them, and you have to kill a certain amount of every single type in order to achieve certain goals for the Adventurers Guild or the Monster Slayers Guild, I can't remember. But there's about eight or nine, possibly ten different challenges you have to complete. They're all fairly simple, you just have to go to certain levels of the mind mode, backtrack a couple of times, and just make sure you get all of these. And there are good benefits to finishing these, so you get certain rings, certain swords. One of the best rings you can get, in my opinion, is the Slime Teamer Ring. The Slime Teamer Ring, which is a ring, if you wear it, all the slimes, and there is a number of different varieties flying in the game, so it's beneficial, cannot hurt you, and if you start farming them on your farm, which is also a possibility, then they don't hurt you and it makes that easier as well and much more palatable. Now here's where it all kind of falls down for me, and it all kind of falls down for anyone that wants to try and get this Platinum. You've put in a considerable amount of time, you've learned a lot of skills throughout this game, but none will prepare you for Journey of the Priory King, which is a little mini-game that you find in the bar in the middle of town. One of the different trophies you can get, if you beat the game Journey of the Priory King, which is a hard ass game. It is like a little uh, bird's eye view of a cowboy. You've got four different openings in the map and you're essentially shooting zombies and it gets progressively harder from there. It's manageable to finish, I'll give it that. I did achieve the trophy for finishing the quest. I believe I finished it with a good few lives more than I started with, but. Here's where the problem is in terms of getting the Platinum. You have to finish that game as well, without dying. There is I believe 12 levels in total, and it gets really hard. Ludicrously hard in the last few levels, and I don't understand how someone can go through that and not die. I can see dying a certain number of times, like maybe 2 or 3, and it means you've got that little bit of leeway, but not at all, is madness. Um, you'd have to get a very lucky run. I can see how it can be done but it would need a lot of luck and it doesn't matter how much skill you have there are some points in those games where you're not gonna get out of the situation that it puts you into. So that might give you an idea where we got with this particular platinum. I said to myself that I would only give myself 120 hours which I believe it was one of the recommended amounts of time For a guide that I brought up for all the trophies, it said the recommended amount of time, if you're following a guide and staying on top of things, 120 hours should do it. That's the amount of time that I've given myself in order to get all these things done. I think I'm currently sitting on 118 hours and 43 minutes and throughout that time I've got everything done except for one. And I will continue to try it because I'd love to have the platinum for this particular game But I know it's gonna be an absolute grind in order to get it So I'm just gonna go through the parts that I most enjoyed about the game. So for me It was the community bundles. I enjoyed those. I enjoyed the fact that there was an endgame and something to push for So whenever I was just grinding through and doing all the trophy things. I still had little things that I could make the game enjoyable for myself as well, and it wasn't just a slog. Um, I enjoyed the Cooking Fish and Museum collections. I like collective ones to an extent and I think that's the perfect amount. The museum one was a little bit sketchy for me for the artifact section because it is RNG. But in general a really good addition to the game and something that you can space over those three years that you kind of take to make a farm efficient. And in general, I just like the idea for the game. I loved Harvest Moon, but this is just a much better version in my opinion because it takes so many different aspects of other games like this and makes this really charming mesh. And it's fantastic in my opinion, especially with the character depth that you get as well. The parts that I enjoy the least is definitely the Priory King. I enjoyed the game and I enjoyed the grind to actually just beat the game, but whenever I did that and decided right, okay, I'm gonna go for the no-death run, that's where I lost it. Cause it's a charming little game and a lovely little addition, but it's not fun when you're trying to not die at all. The Help it quests, I it's it's something that was my own fault, but I did not enjoy the grind that I had to go through because I forgot about them at the start. I can't really get angry because that's my bad, not the game's and animal farming to an extent became a slog for me. I cut it down to just pigs towards the end because they're pretty self-reliant. You just go and pick up the truffles that they dig up from the ground, give them a little pet and eventually they start producing two or three a day on their own without any prompting. And with the self-feeders it became a lot easier as well, but in terms of like chickens and cows and sheep where you have to go and interact with them just to get the things that they produce, I wasn't that keen on those because it just adds more time. Catching Legend was annoying, but again, the achievement, whenever I finished it, was worthwhile. So I think I can't get too angry at that one as well. And I also had a little bit of a gripe with the PSP Vita version of this game. That sometimes at the end of the day, you've finished your whole day, you've had a really productive day. The game does randomly at least once in like a two week cycle of like your calendar. It will crash at least once at the end of the day. and There were certain occasions where I'd had a really good day and I knew that it would not be the same if I'd done it again and it forced me to do that. There were other days where I restarted the day and I had better days as well so it it kind of balanced itself out but it was a really annoying thing especially if I'd had a fantastic day. So I'm going to give an overall opinion. My opinion is this game is an absolute delight. Every inch of this game oozes detail and it oozes class and charm, the soundtrack is Gorgeous! The characters for an indie game of this nature are so fleshed out. It's easily got 200 plus hours worth of content if you're willing to work for it. And if you're doing it at a leisurely pace, 200 is probably buying on in terms of how much time to spend on it. I was working through this quite meticulously and it took me 120 or just less to get everything done besides the minigame super achievement that we'll not talk about. And then lastly, it, it just has a ton of replayability, so you've got five different farms at the start of the game, you can do a mountain farm which offers different things, a forest farm where you can get more hardwood at the start of the game and different forage, but it limits you in other ways. You've got a wilderness farm where you can get monsters in your farm at night, and kind of acts like that kind of Minecraft survival type of vibe, um, and it just changes up how you can get benefits out of that. So you might get a monster forage from them, but it limits you in terms of if you go out at night you could get killed and lose your stuff and your belongings. So it's got different things to offer. And then of course you've got the water farm as well, where you can make yours essentially a fishing farm, but it limits how much crops you can grow. It just, it has so much to offer and so much variety. And that's what I like about it. But on the negative side of things, it is a grind and there are aspects that will cause huge amounts of stress. Although they are more than worth the struggle, for me I can see how other people could get annoyed at that. And the Platinum experience for this game only forced me to play more efficiently, added more community spirit to the play style of how I was doing things, because initially I wasn't that focused on the character depth of everyone, I focused on a few and left the rest. I focused on everyone this time and it was great because I got to see every single aspect of the game that I would never have found or interacted with um, had I not went back to this game. It allowed me also to source all the hidden secrets of the game and I can, in this podcast, get through every one of them, that is how nuanced this game is. Even as I look through like Reddit conversations in my spare time, people are showing me things that. I didn't even know you can do. Like a couple of days ago, sometimes, as a random event, a mushroom will grow instead of a tree, a large mushroom-sized tree. Tree Tree-sized mushroom, that's the one. So a tree-sized mushroom grows, and you can axe it down, and you can get like five red mushrooms out of it. Or, you can build a tapper, put it on as if it were a tree, and it'll produce a mushroom a day. I did not know you could do that. And it just shows how much Thought and effort they put into this game. And I also enjoy For Myself, and it's a big plus, I understand that I had a gripe with it, but the fact that it's on a PSP via, and you can take it anywhere you want to go. And the same goes for if you want to have it on the Switch as well, it's there as well. It's a portable game. I know there's little gripes with it, but it's one of my favourites of all time. And I can say that wholeheartedly. And anyone that wants to come for me and prove me wrong and tell me it's awful, Please do, because I have more than enough of an argument. So now we're going to look at the Platinum Rating. So thank you for sticking with the last podcast. It wasn't overly refined. I hope that I've kind of refined the scoring system a little bit so that it kind of gets, it incorporates everything about the game and gives a fair score. So I've changed it a little bit. So I've got, um, I wanna take the game score that it won't get and I'm going to use Metacritic as that. So it'll be the audience score, it won't be the critic score. So I'm going to take the audience score I'm going to put that into like a percentage um, and use that as an out of 10. I'm going to use the difficulty reading that I would give it, the grind, the enjoyment I took out of it, and then the platinum percentage. Did I get 100%? That'll be 10. Anything less is a decimal percentage. So For this particular game, so, for this particular game, Stardew Valley on Metacritic received an audience score of 8.8. So that is going to be 8.8%, that's going to add to our total. So Stardew on Metacritic produced a score of 88, or 8.8 on our scoring system. For the game's difficulty setting, I'm quite happy to give it a seven and a half because in general it's more time consuming than it is difficult but whenever you want to achieve the platinum the difficulty ramps up as soon as you start having to play that mini game and it's a whole 2.5 dropped off in itself because it is that difficult but as a whole game's not difficult it's just time consuming so I'll give that a 7.5 the grind for me because I was meticulous and had a plan, it wasn't too grindy except towards the end where certain things were. Such as the tasks and the cooking in particular. But it wasn't particularly grindy for me. If I hadn't done that with Museum, it probably got that way. And if that is patched, it probably does deserve a bit of a downgrade. But I'm going to give this a 7. I think 7's fair because it can get quite grindy, But in general, quite fun. And it doesn't really hurt to do the things that it asked you to do. My enjoyment is going to be a nine. In general, I love the game to bits, but that one particular bit in terms of the Priory King and maybe even catching that last fish, little things that I, I, I nearly threw the game against the wall for the Priory King, I will be honest with you. But other than that, can't say a bad thing about it, so I think nine's fair there. And then the platinum percentage. For me, I missed out on one trophy, There were 38 trophies in total. So let me just do a little calculation for you. I would go and get it on my PlayStation, but it is currently not available right now. So 38 divided by... I'm sorry. I don't know how to do maths. 97.4%. So we will round that down. And we'll give it a 9.7 for the rating. So let's just add that up there. So we've got 9.3% seven, we've got nine, we've got seven, we've got 7.5, and we've also got a gamer score of 8.8. That gives us a massive score of 42 out of 50. It is significantly higher than the last one that we um, reviewed which was Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare Remastered. This one for me was definitely a better one than that one. The other one was Nostalgia, this one was kind of a bit of both, because a lot of this game was new to me. I knew the other one inside out. This one, I knew lots of it, but I was surprised to find that there was so much more than first found for me. And that was amazing for me to see. 42 is a fantastic score. It's probably going to take a while before we find a game um, who a game that's platinum process is gonna match that or beat that. So guys, that was Stardew Valley. And I just wanna add a little thing that we probably didn't go over in the last podcast. If the game achieves a 40 or over, I think we can give it the platinum grade stamp. I think that'd be something that we can incorporate throughout the next episodes. So by the power vested in me, i stamp stardew valley as platinum grade approved it's the first game that is platinum grade approved for this show and i hope there's going to be many more but yeah that was stardew valley guys thank you so much for listening if you want to follow the podcast you can follow us on the platinum grade on twitter the platinum grade instagram and If you want to send in your request for what you want to see next, by all means, send an email, send an email, I sound so old, send a direct message or get in contact with us that way Um, and I'll be happy to consider the requests. This is Callum signing off. Thank you so much for listening.